1: Welcome to That's A Hard No, the podcast about learning to say no and set boundaries to live our best lives. I'm your host, Heather Drago. You may think because of this podcast that I'm a boundary setting expert, but I'm not. I'm an expert at struggling to set boundaries. But you know what? I'm working on it and it is getting easier. Follow along with me as I learn from fellow strugglers and experts so that you too can start saying no without feeling fear, guilt, or FOMO. the pet grooming industry since 1997, and is now the owner of a Cleveland-based chain, Awesome Paws Pet Salon. As a female business owner with an immense amount of experience managing all types of employees, she supports other business owners in how to best foster a healthy environment for their teams. Hi Denise, thanks so much for joining us.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this.
1: <laughs> so as a fellow entrepreneur, yes. um, I know how hard Um, running a small business can be. Now, I just passed my eighth anniversary. You've been in business much longer than me. What do you find are the biggest challenges of Um, being a business owner? Keeping up with the times,
0: I think, and keeping up with society, to be perfectly honest, and the ever-changing demands on business owners and the ownership aspect of everything. So I have 24 five employees. Sometimes I have to think about that. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) And they range anywhere from 17 to 73. So I have an array of personalities and honestly learning how to lead my team through all the growth has been very challenging.
1: Yeah. We're, we're, um, in a growth stage at our company and I find that, um, It's so hard sometimes to slow down and explain where you're going and why things have to change and how we're changing them. And I have to catch myself sometimes and go, oh, I'm realizing now I did not explain that to you. Mm -hmm. And let me step back and let's talk about this. So it's that communication is so key. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's so hard to keep up and you're in such a rush all the time. It's really hard to make sure you're doing it. Well, and, and
0: employers, business owners, we're very much, we're const- our brains are constantly going. They don't yes. stop. You're, right? <laughs> I call it <laughs> like, the hamster wheel. Yeah, it's it just, just going, keeps going all the time. Yeah. Um, so you're always, uh, you know, opportunistic. You see things way differently than what necessarily your employees or staff or, or anyone who's in your world that's not an entrepreneur. So, yes. Trying to get everyone to stay up with my brain or communicating that and, and learning when is definitely challenging. Yeah. Um, Especially when you're growing a business and you start smaller and you start adding more people. And it's always hard to keep that dynamic of um, lack of competition and keeping everyone up to speed without with the boundaries that they don't need to know everything. Right right and that was challenging for me right. for so many years um and i figured out how to navigate that but
1: yeah and i and honestly i, I my business coach sometimes says to me i think you're being a little too transparent mm. either with my team or with clients mm-hmm. and part of me feels like i want everyone to feel they're getting a fair deal and so i'm always like sharing everything and she's like yeah you don't need to do that <laughs> so you're right that boundary needs to be set Mm -hmm. and and transparency is great though how many
0: places have you worked or i've worked that they don't keep you in the loop and they sort of keep you on the outskirts which is i understand why but um the entrepreneurship and small business ownership and keeping that work culture of people wanting to stay around you have to have that transparency to an extent to a and degree, to a degree, correct. Right, 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 uh, right. And keep everyone invested within your business. Right, mm-hmm. right.
1: So I caught something you said. You have you have employees that are age seventeen to seventy. Yeah. So tell me about that, and com- and working with these people from different generations, and maybe they have different work ethics, or maybe they have different communication skills. Like how 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 do you navigate that? <laughs> Um,
0: (laughs) it, that has also been a challenge. So I've always been a person who loves to know why people tick. I love that. I'm that self help, self help book guru that loves to read about why people are the way they are. Um, and I specifically love generational because it's very intriguing when you learn how to manage these different personalities, uh, makes your life a lot easier and your business runs smoother. So I have learned to look at each individual for their strengths and their weaknesses and maybe where their environments came from. So I've learned with, you know, let's say Gen Z's, a lot of people think that they're lazy or you hear they have no work ethic. And that's actually not true. They are my strongest workers when they are given the tools because they are growing up in a different generation that they don't have to think about a lot of things right they're the first technology generation and I do speak on this and I had uh, a young lady come up to me and she thanked me for saying this I'm like you guys aren't lazy you know you're not Um, she's like I don't know how to use a broom because I had Swiffer's right and
1: you don't think of those yeah, things at, at all. I had a 22-year-old assistant who didn't know how to write a check. Yeah. And I and I was like, wow. <laughs> yes. I remember in third grade, we had like little pretend checks. Uh-huh. That, but they don't need them. They so, don't. So how would they know? And uh, Exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's not that they're lazy or that it, when you learn how to work with that. Uh, so same with millennials and learning like the adversities that they had to go through and what they were taught and mm-hmm. the everyone gets a trophy type environment, Mm -hmm. which is great to an extent, right? I love inclusivity. I love that everyone wants to be kind to everyone around the world, right? But not everyone deserves the same treatment, let's say with work, right? With work ethic. If you're not doing your job, the person who is doing their job is going to be able to advance Farther, faster than someone who isn't doing their job. They don't deserve necessarily the equal advancements. Everyone walking in has the same equal opportunities. It's what they do with those opportunities. Mm-hmm. But millennials were never taught that. They weren't taught that extra side of, but not everyone is going to advance the same. Mm. So I've had to teach them as far as that goes. Uh, my 70 year olds, it's teaching them computer stuff.
1: Like, right, it's you technology. know, it's, it's the technology aspect. Yeah, so if you're trying uh-huh. to implement a system or communicate Correct. a certain way, you have mm-hmm. to do some extra training maybe, or... And now you
0: meld all those personalities and generations together, and now it's um, quality control on how can all these different personalities get along. How can my 70-year-olds understand that they weren't taught how to use brooms, right? Mm-hmm. So um, learning generational stuff has really helped me manage so many different personalities and different generations and age groups.
1: So how do you handle that with the 70 year old do, do you do you share that as an opportunity for them to teach the younger person how to use a broom or it, so or is it um, more just like a, you just need to
0: know where they're coming from? Yeah, it's more I teach how to relate with each other. I teach them communication skills. I teach them how to interact with each other to be productive, right? Um, if my receptionist isn't uh, doesn't understand, let's say a 17 year old coming in, I I will sit there and educate on why and where they're coming from. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I try to make it so that they can have a reason and like understand where these different dynamics
1: are coming from. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That's a challenge. I think that's, <laughs> that's the so most awesome. diverse workforce I've heard of. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I have a client that has a diverse workforce. And and the other interesting thing for them is they have this particular client has employees in different cities. And it's really interesting. We we do communication with their employees in, whenever there's a promotion or something, mm-hmm. you know. And um, we find that there's different mindsets, and just based even geography-wise, like yes. w- culturally, mm-hmm. there are different norms about how you communicate things or what certain certain events or things that are important to that region that yeah maybe aren't. So it's it's challenging making sure yes. everybody's on the same page, right? So we have three locations,
0: yes, and okay. I'm pretty much in one location uh, full time. And I try to hop into the other two when I can. Mm -hmm. And yes, it's a challenge trying to figure out how to communicate everything across the board. Mm -hmm. So lots of strong structures and systems and and all of that in place, policies and procedures is huge for that as well.
1: Yeah. So I'm hearing you say a lot of things that I think fall under the term of leadership. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of leadership going, a lot of skill building, and training how do you balance that with running the actual business looking towards the future and like managing (laughs) your time like where how are you structuring yourself
0: so i went through a really rough period of trying to figure that out i could do it all Right. I had all these big ideas. I could do it all. I hate to tell you. (laughs) You know, we can take it (laughs) all on. (laughs) not happening. Correct. Uh, So I took a step back and really sat down and figured out what direction I wanted to go in. I love proactive approaches. So I actually started a really strong foundation. So my policies and procedures weren't necessarily in place to run as big of a location that I have. Right. A business. So I made sure I really sat down and worked on that. And let me tell you, I'm not that person. I'm still I groom still. I'm always, I'm still at my table. I don't have to be, but I'm there. I love it. It's my skill. So yeah, when you tell me to sit down and do computer stuff and sit out and make handbooks and policies and procedures and you know SOPS and I'm like, no, thank you. So <laughs> tossed all that to the side and I realized I need to have that structure. Mm-hmm. And I just started with a really strong foundation. And then as I grow, I just really start to hone in on what's important to me. Mm -hmm. Instead of, I need to say yes to everything, I need to figure out what's important to me.
1: So, what are some things you've had to say no to as a business owner?
0: As a business owner. So, I have had to say no to a lot of opportunities, maybe networking or uh, co-projects with other businesses I have a lot of grand ideas to even do those and I have to rein myself back in from reaching out to people and uh, teaching my team those boundaries as well right mm-hmm. so they will come to me with all these great ideas and I love their ideas but sometimes it's just not something that the business can sustain so I've had to The hardest part is saying no to my employees, but teaching them why we can't do it, because if we're not going to be able to do it 100 percent, then it's not really worth putting all this effort in because they have other things that they want to go ahead and do. And they understand that aspect, which is nice. Uh, But yeah, it's a lot of that working with other businesses, different ideas that they may come to me about. and. I wish I could do it all, but I cannot. And yeah, Yeah. I've had to do that. I hear
1: you. Mm -hmm. I get asked all the time to join different organizations and boards. And I'm like, boy, I sure would love to, but I just, Mm -hmm. it's just not going to happen. Yes. Um, How do you say no to clients, customers, people who come in with crazy requests, you know, for their dogs? Or that's, I think, very challenging for a lot of people, that Mm public-facing customer service stuff. And we've all been taught the customer's always right. Sometimes
0: (laughs) they're not. Yes. And I am very big on that culture, too. They are not always right. We are the professionals. And, you know, with Google, keeping up with the trends, like we talked about just a few minutes ago, keeping up with the different ways that your business grows and the different technologies in society. I put also practices in place to help with that as far as like maybe, let's say, late cancellations or no show fees Mm -hmm. or... Um, If you're not gonna come in on a regular basis, then we can't do this haircut, maybe. Mm -hmm. And I have hard lines with that for that reason. And I also teach the newer generation of groomers that aspect as well, Mm -hmm. because we are, the pet industry, and I'll even generalize into the pet industry, we are creative beings that at some point had circumstances in our past that made us draw towards animals, right? Whether that's traumatic experiences, whatever empathic type, you know, tendencies, however that is. And then you add in with creative artistic beings. So it is really hard to teach the business aspect of everything Mm -hmm. because they are not people people, they want to work with dogs. That's right. what we want to do. That's what we got into. We don't want to work with people.
1: So teaching. My, my son has a shirt that says, <laughs> I like dogs and maybe three people. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I would love to wear that. I would probably look a little bad out in the public. But um, I think there's no, a lot of people true. like that. You know? Yeah. The service industry is is wonky to begin with. Yeah. Let alone. Yeah, it's tough. Let alone adding in people who want to just work with animals. Mm-hmm. That's it.
1: Yeah, they, they're they like, I'm going to go into this field. It's going to be awesome. And yeah. they are like, wait, I've got to talk to the people. The people pay our bills. Yeah. So we,
0: they, <laughs> wait, they're the reasons what? why we
1: have jobs. Can't you just
0: send the dog? So, ready? yes, I made all these these policies, rules, structure so that um, all the employees can actually follow it and the whole business has a boundary, right? not just each individual having to figure out their own.
1: Right. So, so yeah. you've set up those guardrails for Correct. them so that they can... They can fall back on them. And expectations. Say so yep. sorry,
0: but we have a policy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Defined expectations for the clients versus
1: what we expect mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So you're talking about the internet and keeping up with Google and all this stuff. So I have to admit, <laughs> okay. one of my favorite YouTubers in the world uh-huh. is Girl with the Dogs. Okay. Do you know about Girl with the Dogs? I do. I haven't watched it, but yeah. Okay. So what I love about her is she's very. Um, dog health centric. Like she's mm-hmm. all about the health and well-being of the dog. And and so there are times when, um, you know, she's asked to do something and she's just like, I can't do that. This dog is under too much stress and yep. I can only go this far. I can't do this. And so um, I know that that's a boundary she has to set. She's mm-hmm. like, I don't care what the owner wants. I have yeah. to do what's good for the dog. Correct. Um, I'm guessing those are some of the guardrails you guys set. Those are ours, too. Uh, So the one location
0: is a cat-only location. Oh. Cat exclusive. Uh, So (laughs) no dogs allowed. Okay. And it's all cat grooming. Well, there is a lot of misconceptions about cat grooming because they're cats, right? Everyone's like, oh, just hold them down. No, no, no. Cats are a whole separate. That's some of the things that we get from people, from the public. You should be able to do this because you're cat exclusive. No, no, no. So we have had to, I actually had to put a huge Facebook post, like, let me explain who we are. We are a facility that is set up for cats to have a more positive experience, right? No dogs and stuff. Yeah, we don't want to traumatize them. Correct. But it does not mean that we can groom every cat. You know, they Mm -hmm. all have their boundaries. They all have their limits. They all have their innate beings. We can't, you know, control um, and cats are dangerous. There's not a lot of cat groomers. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> so I have two they family can, members who ended up in the hospital from cat fever. Yeah. And that is no joke. Like yeah. one no. was bit in a mm-hmm. knuckle and one was bit on a, on her foot or something.
0: Yeah. No, it, they can end our career. So out yeah. of my 15 groomers, only three of us groom cats. Wow. Yeah. And I don't force any of my groomers to, if they want to learn, I'll teach them and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um. So those were some of the expectations, the unrealistic expectations that were put on us, that we had to put it out there in the universe, like, this is who we are, this is what we're about. Just because you want it doesn't mean it can happen. Mm -hmm. So we do have that same, it's about the health. If the cat says we're done, we're done. Same with dogs. Um, Cats, just a lot easier for me to sort of express that, you know, what we're talking about. but. Same with the dogs. You know, no, we're not going to demat your dog. And, and you know, we have those rules in place so that all the employees can also follow that mm-hmm. very structured.
1: You know, as you're talking, I'm thinking animals don't have a problem setting their boundaries. Like, no. the cat will tell you, I've had enough. <laughs> that right? is true, yeah. The dog, you know, if they're in a group of other dogs and the dogs are coming in too close and they don't like it, they will growl or yeah. nip and they will set their boundaries and they tell you um, it seems like people are the ones that have been <laughs> yes. conditioned to be like please trample all over the boundaries right? I don't care <laughs> I want you to like me uh-huh. So, but not dogs not cats no. not other animals uh, That's I,
0: very interesting I never thought about yeah. that yeah that was very interesting hmm.
1: we just don't cover something right very cool. <laughs> I like it so we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back We're back with Denise Caru. So, tell me how you balance the demands of your business ownership and career and speaking and everything and your life, life. Like, how this is something I struggle with. Mm-hmm. You know, asking for a friend hashtag. <laughs> um, you know, it's something I still struggle with. And and even though I'll stop, you know, by dinner time to eat mm-hmm. or to uh, you know stop working and have family time. I'll be sitting there thinking about work. I can't turn the hamster wheel off. It's it's I'll stress out because I'm I could be doing this thing or I could be doing that thing. Like mm-hmm. how do you how do you balance it all? So, I
0: went once again went through a really rough period, probably for about 2 years where it was hard starting out the business. My son was 3 when we opened and obviously his extracurriculars, the demands of having a toddler, right? Sure. And yeah. starting a business and everything. Um people pleasing, not having boundaries, not saying no, feeling like you have to take everything. It got to be very overwhelming. And um, I went through a really dark period through all of this, trying to figure out and navigate all of it. And I had a lot of people tell me this was actually my turning point. I had a lot of people tell me you're doing too much. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but I didn't feel that I may have I had the emotional baggage of doing too much, but in the core being, I didn't feel
1: like that was true. And I'm like, no, there's other people out there. Did you feel like, I'm not doing too much, I'm just not doing, I'm failing at what I'm doing? I, um, I didn't have that revelation right away. Okay.
0: But what I did end up noticing was, no, I know I can do everything I set my mind out to. And the people who were telling me, I couldn't. Did it out of it was not out of sure ill intent whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It was out of helpfulness. Mm-hmm. It was Denise you're taking on too much. Maybe you need to step back. Maybe I'm like, but that didn't feel right. Everything that I was doing felt to my core of where I needed to be in my world, but I wasn't able to figure out how to make that work in all aspects. Mm-hmm. And I sat down and I really reevaluated a lot of things and I put priorities in place. And I learned that it's never a balance. It's always a teeter. And one day it's gonna be one, and one day it's gonna be the other. But if I show up and be present, even 60% of the time, that is better than me focusing all on one and focusing all on another. And I needed to be okay with, I may not be 100% there, So like my son had a, he's 13 now. Um, He had his 13th birthday party. We went to race mountain bike here um, in the Cleveland area. And I don't ride bikes, but he wanted me there. I brought my computer. Mm -hmm. Did he see me? No, because he was off riding. But I was there and present enough for him to know that his mom was there. But he also understands that I'm not going to ride a bike. So if I bring a book. Or if I bring my computer and play catch-up and use their Wi-Fi and work, he understands that aspect. And to me, that's good enough. I'm okay with that Mm -hmm. because I'm still there and I'm not choosing one over the other. I'm just utilizing my time differently Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: in the little chances that I can get. And I'm not a structured person at all. I can't do the 9 to 5, shut off my brain. I have to learn how to be mindful of it when it's happening and be okay that maybe one day it's just going to be in my brain, uh, you know, and I'm not going to be there 100%. Mm -hmm. If I feel too overwhelmed, I go into a different room, collect myself and then come back out because I will get very overwhelmed and short. And I don't necessarily, it's not against anything. It's because my brain is just clouded with a whole bunch of stuff (laughs) you know how this goes right you're nodding yes uh yes yes yes. (laughs) it is just you heard this conversation right you heard this conversation and you know you have this to do and oh, oh oh you just remembered i have to do this and i should write that down and oh my gosh i don't have a notebook or i don't have my i have a remarkable i love my i love my remarkable but i'm like i don't have my remarkable um and i will even if it's five minutes Be able to just remove myself and get my thoughts back in order Mm -hmm. and be like, nope, this is what we have to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It took a
1: long time to get there, though. It is practice. It is
0: is a lot of practice.
1: So I've heard you say a number of things that we talk about regularly on here. Mm -hmm. Take a breath. Mm -hmm. Set priorities. Mm -hmm. Know your why. Why you're saying no to things and what you want to say yes to. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Self-forgiveness, yes. not always having to be perfect. Mm-hmm. These are some of the things we talk about all the time in different ways. So I hear you kind of reemphasizing some of those really important concepts. Yes. The self-forgiveness is probably the
0: hardest one for me to get over.
1: Right. right. And it's still a hard, it's a work in progress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel guilt if I'm not working and then I feel guilt if I am working. <laughs> yeah yeah (laughs) you just can't win (laughs) right so and for me i have to just like let that go i just have Mm -hmm. to let it go and it's it's i literally actively have to talk to myself and you talked about the teeter our former co-host uh or my former co-host sarah saunders talked she would say there's no balance there's counterbalance Mm -hmm. so sometimes you're giving sometimes you're taking sometimes you're focusing on one thing sometimes you're focusing on the other
0: as long as in
1: the long run you find balance and you know, In the it's... long term,
0: exactly. And learning why people are the way they are or why things tick. It really it's full circle for me. So I read if I can remember the name of it. I think it's called Dopamine Nation. I don't remember who it's by. I read a lot of books. I'm a serial reader. We'll look it up. Yes, we'll put it um, like it's together. called Sorry. Dopamine Nation and um, somewhere around there. And. What I learned about it was that teeter, it's very visual. It actually goes over addiction, dopamine addiction, Mm -hmm. no matter what form and stuff. It was very, it it was not what I expected when I picked it up, but it really hit me in so many different ways. And even just that teeter, right? Just learning about that teeter really makes me more self-aware when I know that teeter's going. Mm -hmm. So yeah, even just the books that I read to help manage and lead my team, help me in my every day as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So what are some
1: of those books besides? Oh, gosh, the there's thing? so many. <laughs> there's I always so love many. recommending books. I know. Um, if you can't think of them now, you I can tell me later. I will. I we'll, can. We'll throw them on our yeah. episode page Well, for you. if
0: anyone's listening and they have, this is my favorite book I recommend when I do my speaking. So my speaking gigs um, in the grooming industry are all business based. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of good business help when it comes to the grooming industry. So um, long story short on that, there's a huge shortage. Anyways, uh, so I do business, getting your business in order, policies, procedures, setting up that foundation so you don't have to feel so overwhelmed and you can take on employees and grow your business. And then the other part would be how to manage and lead your team, Mm -hmm. boundaries and stuff like that. So the one that I always love, especially in my employee troubleshooting class, is um, it's called Not Everyone Gets a Trophy. It used to be How to Manage Millennials, but now there's a third edition I can't remember. And it is really good because what you think you know about these generations, you really learn exactly where they came from. And it helped me so much in my mm-hmm. leadership. So that one is a huge one for me. Okay, um, I'm reading a new one called Selfless, and it talks about um, how you need community and are we really uh, free will. Mm-hmm. and all the things that go along with that which is really cool to really see how you need to have these people in your world like even just you and i talking and what we're going to gain from each other and move forward it's very so i'm i'm into
1: all of those That's i'm that great. geek i'm that geek oh i have a stack i, I always say well I what everyone says what are you reading now i'm like what you mean what do i have piled up yeah like waiting for me to read uh-huh. i'm constantly hearing about these uh-huh. great books and yeah. eventually i get through them but yeah yeah it's... yeah
0: Uh, Dopamine Nation, I have to say, by far has been one of my most favorite ones recently. Um, Becoming flossom is another good one if you're struggling with uh, finding your way and your personality Mm -hmm. and and being okay with not being perfect. It is definitely Mm -hmm. – I've read a lot of them. This is a few different takes on it, Mm -hmm. and they actually – Instead of the normal mindfulness and the meditation, which is all great, you know, um, they she actually touches on a few different other aspects to add into that. Mm-hmm. So I found that one really good, too. But that, I'm that geek.
1: I love it. I'm <laughs> the, I'm saying nerd, right? nerd speak. Um, so when you speak, are you speaking to other dog groomers or are you or just business people in general? Um, currently,
0: other uh, dog grooming business owners. Okay.
1: Um, and then...
0: I'm hoping to expand out because what I really focus on is getting your business, being proactive within your business and getting structured so Mm -hmm. you can move forward. Mm -hmm. Without the structure, I wouldn't have been able to balance at home. Right. And I am such, I'm great. I I, I can think quickly. I'm a good reactive person. But when you run your business reactively, you know how much... It's draining. It's, it is. You can't, very... because you
1: can't stay focused on the path you're supposed Correct. to be on. Yeah. So
0: I learned, you asked about, you know, how I got, I learned all my proactive approaches to take care of my problems so I could move forward and get into this. You know, I, I traveled a lot this year. Um, I traveled to different cities. I took on the the company that I speak for. They also do a grooming cruise called Pet Pro Crews. Um, I'm actually now that one of their onboard directors and I help, you know, get all of that coordinated and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I would never be able to do all of that and have 25 employees and have two children and have the mm-hmm. husband and have the dogs and do all of
1: that if I didn't have that structure
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, in place to be able to do it. Interesting. So when you go speak, mm-hmm. I'm assuming there's a portion of the presentation where people can stand up and ask questions. I'm very much ask questions
0: as you go because if I have to wait till the end, I forget them.
1: (laughs) So, what are give me a few questions you hear over and over and over? A lot of it is the longevity aspect,
0: like how long how how have I been in this career for so long? It's Mm -hmm. physically demanding. It it really. I mean, I've been doing it, you know, twenty six years. Big dogs. Yes. Uh, So, how to go ahead and do that? But really, how to set it up to where you they can grow? I hear everyone always say, "I want what you have." Or when I was doing the seminars and attending them, I always thought I was the crazy one for wanting more. Because a lot of groomers want to have like single owner operator gigs. They don't want to work with anybody. Mm-hmm. They just want to do their thing and and you know live off of that. And I was always, I felt like that weirdo that wanted more. And I found there were two people uh, in the industry at that time one her name was Chris Berry or is Chris Berry and she is like one of my mentor idol type people she is the one who really showed me that what I want isn't crazy so at the time I think she had five locations uh amongst two states with complimentary mobile units to them and she did daycare and it was like this I'm not crazy and uh so yeah I have a lot of people how do I get there well you need the structure mm-hmm. uh, and, and like I said Groomers typically get into business because there's so much. My speaking's twofold. It's to help employers gain their goals that they want to do and and grow. But the other part is for employees because there's so many toxic work environments that a lot of them don't, they feel like they can only open up a business. So they're not business people.
1: Wait, tell me more about that. There's so many toxic work environments. Do you mean in the grooming industry? Correct. In the pet industry, because what did I tell you? We're dog people. We don't know
0: how to handle people. Okay. By so they're working
1: for others who don't necessarily know how to communicate. Don't know how to communicate. Don't know how to
0: offer um, good work environments in general. Cleanly environments. Mm. The dog grooming industry
1: physically safe.
0: Physically safe. The dog grooming industry is not a regulated industry. You're kidding. It's not. We are not regulated. Anyone can pick up a book and say they're a groomer. Is there
1: like a voluntary best practice certification kind of thing? Yeah.
0: So there are options. Correct. You know, Mm -hmm. even the continuing education that we offer, that I offer through speaking and stuff like that, that is all voluntary, but that that most definitely is the step so if okay the, i'm just
1: backing up like oh, yeah no okay. i know <laughs> as a dog owner fun, fun um, facts that you didn't like know about if you're groom. a dog owner and you're looking for a groomer mm-hmm. like what should a consumer look for in terms of certification or what are some like you know badges to look for
0: there really isn't any badges to look for you really just want to do your research have they been and i don't even want to say have they been in business for long or have they been grooming for long because i've worked Listen, I've worked with so many people. I can have some of my Gen Zs. Let me tell you, as soon as they pick up grooming, they're fast. They're great with it. Like As soon as it clicks so much faster. Mm -hmm. So let's say maybe my 30-year-olds, it took about two to three years to get to the point that maybe my Gen Zs got to in a year. So I don't even like saying experience Mm -hmm. because I've known 40-year groomers that uh, I would never go to. Mm. And then I've known, I've had groomers within the first year that have groomed better and handled better than I do. Mm-hmm. So experience is not a big, huge factor in that as well. Mm-hmm. I think look for professionalism and call uh, call around and see what they stand for like a professional website are they going to be transparent about yes, their yes
1: always look for a professional website <laughs>
0: yeah look for a professional website i, say I mean self
1: self importantly here
0: <laughs> yeah no you should i mean really those are the things that now the the industry has to become more professional right
1: mm-hmm.
0: so a profe- uh, a professional website testimonials. Um, Word of mouth is huge, you know, Mm -hmm. referrals and stuff like that. Can everyone have a bad experience? Yes. Right. I used to work at a vet clinic as well. I was a vet groomer. You know, it's the same thing. You're going to hear good and bad about Mm -hmm. any business, Mm -hmm. but make sure you're doing what feels comfortable for you. So, yeah, it's really hard, but to figure out. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I know. Right. Total
1: tangent. (laughs) So let's go back to questions you hear a lot from, from people who come to your events?
0: Um, yeah. So longevity, how do I get, you know, to larger scale? Um, I get a lot of the having issues with employees. So even as simple as having handbooks, policies, and procedures mm-hmm. is huge. And that it's really teaching the professionalism side of the business aspect mm-hmm. of the grooming industry. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a passion and labor of love. Well,
1: okay. <laughs> So tell me more about your business in general and where you're located and how people can find you and uh, yeah, Yeah. all that. (laughs) All that stuff. So my my
0: grooming locations, I have one in Medina, one in Olmstead Falls, and the cat location is in Brunswick. Okay. So we have those ones spread out uh, throughout those areas. And then I actually started business coaching and with the speaking, it's called the Ambitious Groomer. (laughs) I don't know. That's great. Yeah, right. I'm like, as I add on, I don't know why I call myself that, but it's called the ambitious groomer. And it is set up for uh, owners who just are having struggling. I want to help people organize their business. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily have to coach them through a lot of things. I just want to get them their foundation and their structure and be the proactive side of it so they can go ahead and focus on their goals and longevity. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm
1: -hmm. And you're on social media. Social media. Yep.
0: I'm on uh, Facebook, The Ambitious Groomer. I do have a Facebook
1: group, a private group. And then I also have uh, Instagram. Cool. Mm -hmm. So let's do some quick takeaways. What are some, if you could give someone three little pieces of advice about boundaries and business ownership, what would they be?
0: Oh, boundaries and business ownership. Um, Start out early with your boundaries. Know your limits. Uh, I am working out having a few toxic employees because I allowed them to walk over and Mm -hmm. run my business.
1: Nip it in the bud.
0: Yep. Yep. So being very self-aware of that, Mm -hmm. um, getting your structures in place really just having those bare basic foundations will help you excel in all parts of your worlds and have fun with your business don't lose the passion part because it's really easy to do when we're wrapped up in and i i know burnout's real i know i've been in those places but remember why you started your business
1: and what drives you because that's hard absolutely to keep that absolutely yeah. There's one thing in my business that I love to do. It's my favorite thing in the whole world. It's 404 pages. I love writing custom 404 pages. So it's like when you you get you, you can't find a, a web page and uh-huh. you're like, oops, sorry. Yeah. Like I will not let anyone else write those 404 pages because it's like, <laughs> that's the thing I love the most. And if uh-huh. I can't get to do the thing that I think is fun, then I don't want to do this anymore. Yes. So, um, yeah, I'm like, I don't care I'm writing. It's it. the
0: little things. Yeah. It's yeah. The, the simple thing little fun. things. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah, It doesn't have to be big and grand and, and
0: huge gestures. It really is just those little things that keep your spark going. Right, right.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Denise, this will be great. Oh, thank you. Thank you <laughs> so much. And I think this will be really, really helpful for anyone, even if they're not in the dog grooming business. Yeah. You know, get your your policies, your procedures, mm-hmm. your standard operating SOPs, yeah. your rules, your, your mission, your why. Get all that stuff, uh-huh. those foundational pieces set. And, you know, even... Listen, when I started my business, there was no plan. There was no business plan, there was no mission statement, there was no nothing. There was like, I opened a bank account, Uh I sent a form out to the state of Ohio and lo and behold, I had a business, right? So eight years later, uh, you know, I'm rethinking all those things still. Mm -hmm. And so it's never too late. Nope. Um, You should always be reevaluating those things, but you need to at least be working on them.
0: I tell everyone in my classes, I'm like, I've done all the things wrong. Learn from my mistakes and go make your own. Make your own new mistakes. (laughs) Learn from
1: mine and make your own new ones. I love it. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks again. This has been great. Thank you. We have a new topic for our book club. This time we're reading Just Do Nothing, a paradoxical guide to getting out of your way by friend of the pod, Joanna Hardis. It's a funny, thoughtful guide that tells us that sometimes just doing nothing is the best way to make the most of a bad situation. You can find Just Do Nothing everywhere books are sold. We'll put links to it in this description. Get your copy, get reading, send us your questions, and we'll bring them to Joanna when she comes in to talk with us. And we look forward to hearing from you. Okay, so that's it for now. Thanks for listening. That's a Hard No is a production of Clever Girl Marketing, my little agency in Cleveland, in partnership with our friends at Evergreen Podcasts. Many thanks to our amazing team, including Maura Del Rosario, our production and marketing coordinator, Noah Fouts, our amazing producer, editor, and composer who wrote our theme music and performed it with his band, The Big Leagues, and our new video producer and editor, Kay Holmberg. You can find show notes and resources on our website, and you can find other fun stuff on our socials. We're Hard No Podcast, and we're now on YouTube, so check us out there. Make sure to like and subscribe on your favorite listening platforms, but especially Apple, can you please do us a favor? Give us a rating and review so more people can find us and learn how to say no. So until next time, thanks for listening. And remember, saying no isn't just okay. Saying no is key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. So do it. Find your no, then say it with me. That's a
0: hard no! Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called